This is a thousand monkeys working at a thousand typewriters. Soon, they'll have written the greatest novel known to man. Let's see. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. You shut up. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 278, for the week of Wednesday, the 21st of June, 2017. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scott. And I'm Adam. Tonight, our toys of the week are the SH Figure Arts Runma One Half Akane Tendo, the Diamond Select Toys Gallery Captain Marvel PVC statue, and the Diamond Select Toys Gallery JLU Black Canary PVC diorama. Sir Adam, how be thee? I be quite well, Lord Scott. Oh, um, Lord, whoo! I have a, a vague case of the exhaustion from too much running um, and a bit of uh, late night work, but other than that, going pretty well. How about you? Um, yeah, I am trying to not be super sick, but my entire office uh, is sick. Um, so it's like so hard <clears throat> not to be. <laughs> Um, and the boss was patient zero, so um, you can't even you know, kind of blame him and give him dirty looks or whatever. So um, you know, you know, it's like when you just know that everyone's going to get sick, and uh, we just have to kind of deal with it. So we're all muddling through. But I feel like I've been working at half pace for about a week. Um, but other than that, all good. Um, Real, as a Marvel Legends collector, I am really enjoying, for the first time in a long time, actually being able to kind of really do proper toy hunting in Australia. Wow. I know. It's been ages. Like, you know, we've got so much happening at the moment um, with uh, all the really recent uh, Marvel Legends releases uh, coming out here. Um, you know, for a long time, if we got one wave a year at retail in Australia, we were lucky. Um and at the moment, I think obviously because Marvel is just doing so well and um, the products are obviously doing well, we are getting everything. So um, I am having a little bit of FOMO about the Spider-Man Homecoming wave, um, which has kind of appeared in some places, but not really in Melbourne. So Eddie's been keeping me calm, um, you know, saying, don't don't overpay, just wait. It's the, it's the movie line. It'll come. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm feeling nervous. <laughs> so, but it gives me something to hunt for. Um, and my not pre-ordering, um, mostly through lack of organization, um, is paying off at the moment because um, some of the stuff like the X-Men Warlock wave yeah, is just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of and, and that I find that really bizarre considering that it's an X Men wave. Um, that you know why that that is in it's in um, 
Target, it's in uh, Toys R Us, it's it's everywhere. Like it's crazy. So, um, I, this um, public people in America are like, "What are you so excited about?" But you just you don't understand what it's yeah, been right. like here, man. Yeah. The last time I remember actually hunting anything was like the first wave of Marvel Universe. I think by the time we got to the second wave, we were already getting shafted there. So yeah, that's yeah. back like eight years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, I was a big Justice League uh, Unlimited fan, <clears throat> and um, those toys actually uh, for a long time were around at like our supermarkets. When they, you know, like I, I used to find them at like Woolworths and and stuff. It was really bizarre um and then and kmart had them too but that was really the last time that there was a line that i was collecting that i could actually find reliably at retail in australia um so we'll you know hopefully long may this last um and with relatively reasonable prices too like target um is doing some of the marvel legends at 28 australian which is really good for us pricing wise so um Yeah, so is is there anything that you currently collect that you can actually find at retail or it's all just pre-ordering from overseas? I pretty much just solidly pre-order. Um, I don't think there's anywhere in Adelaide that I could guarantee that I'd get it. So just basically, yeah, FOMO, I just, just pre-order it and pick <laughs> up with it. Um, it's then just a case of trying to... I'm trying to bleed myself off of Big Bad Toy Store just because most of this stuff is coming from Japan. I may as well just order it direct from like Hobby Link. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but every now and then there'll be an item that um, it's been, you know, most of the week since Big Bad had it up pre order on Hobby Link. Still don't have it listed. So I just go, eh, fine, I'm going to go through Big Bad for this one then. <laughs> There's a shop in Adelaide. Next, like you know, where Zing is, where the EB Games and Zing is underneath something like near JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then behind the Zing, there's a shop that looks like it's it sells that kind of stuff. That would probably be Shintokyo, unless they've moved. Um, yeah, Shintokyo have some of that kind of stuff, but again, I'd be paying basically the same prices. Um, oh, okay. Got it. Retail from an overseas plus shipping. Got it. I'd be chancing it, so I might as well just buy it. Cool. Season get it shipped. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, enough of the local toy scene goss for this episode. Um, But we have toys to talk about, so why don't we take a short break and we will begin speaking of the toys. Indeedly, doodly. Well, we have some new acquisitions to review for you this episode, and Adam is going to go first with something moderately pronounceable. So over to you, Adam. Thank you, Scotty. So my toy this week is the Ranma One-Half Akane Tendai. Um, so Akane is Ranma's first introduced fiancé in uh, the Ranma One-Half series. Um, I think technically she counts as his second fiancé. Um, if you backdate Shampoo, she'd be the third fiancé. Um, 
I don't think that the childhood pact or the childhood um, marriage arrangement between Genma and Soon, so between Renma's dad and Akane's dad, uh, identified which of um, Akane's dad's daughters would be married to Renma, but there we go. That's kind of convoluting things. Um, wow. Yeah. I have not understood a single word that you said so far, but I'm trying to follow, so. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is from that series about the whole water gender changing transformation um, thing, right? So the whole water okay. turns in, into another um, gender slash animal, the cold water turns them back to normal. No, other way around. Cold turns them different, hot water turns them back. Um, so Akane is one of the few characters that does not change into another um, shape slash gender. So she's just 100% normal human being. Apart from that, she's been raised as a martial artist um, by her dad, um, and she's age 16 and stronger than basically what well, 90% of the guys that go to school with her. Um, so this figure, we'll just cover some of the, the basics. This is a 2017 figure. It's an action figure. It's from Bandai and Figure Arts. The price, it goes for about 52 US, um, and the, the packaging is kind of typical figure artsy packaging. Um, it has... So they're going with kind of Ranmary um, style box art in terms of very square line art, um, some nice cloudy looking stuff, the Ranmary one half logo. Um, on the back, there is the the um, obligatory suggestions for posing your figure, as well as some nice pictures of um, Akane from the manga series, which is interesting because the colour for all of these is clearly anime inspired, um, despite that the back box art is from the manga, so that, that's always interesting. There's probably some weird licensing thing going on there. Um, so we're talking about Akane and, and features of Akane as a character. So she's mostly um, pictured wearing her school uniform, uh, which she seems to wear um, basically every time she shows up unless it's explicitly an outing um, to a pool, the beach, um, a hot spring, some kind of festival or some kind of hiking thing. If she's around the house um, and she's not wearing her, her gi for doing training, she'll be wearing her school uniform. So this is her wearing her blue dress school uniform thing. Um, she has her, her walk socks on and her school shoes on. Um, she has white knickers on with a bow. The reason I know this is because I was checking to see what kind of <laughs> uh, hip joint arrangement she has. She does not have the nappy hip joints for those that are interested. Excellent. Yeah. So... In terms of the sculpt, it's a fairly basic sculpt. Um, it's got fewer points of articulation than a lot of the other figures we've talked about recently. She does have the double shoulder articulation joint, but she's a very slender character, um, so she doesn't have big bulky shoulders, and it's a bit hard to disguise a really sophisticated shoulder joint. She does not have an articulated neck. Um, again, I'd say that's because the, the body type they're building on is a very slender body type, so... You know, um, if you look at the, the width of your thumb, across her torso is narrower than that. Hmm. Yeah. But her, her head is still kind of the, the double-jointed, full-jointy head thing that figure arts are typically having these days. Yep. Um, her hands are ball-jointed. She has the she has ball-jointed elbows. So it's okay. Um, everything else, feet are um, posable, no-toe articulation. She has nip, uh, <laughs> nip, knee and hip articulation, and... Nip, nip is the shorthand for that. 
yeah, you know, knee, knee and hip. It's toy lingo. You might have think he made a mistake, but he certainly didn't. I know what he meant. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of boob talk earlier on, on the day, though. So. Oh, dear. Yes, let's not go there again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the hips, uh, she rotates and has articulation at the hips. She also has like a little mid-body um, cut articulation thing just below the boobs. More boob talk. Um, <clears throat> so notable features of, of this sculpt, it's kind of a lot different to most other things. I think the arms are probably reused from Shampoo might have had similar arms, but from other characters that have kind of poofy sleeve arms, um, I would assume that the skirt and body are mostly original, so they're quite simple, but it's a simple design. There's a nice bow on the back of her skirt, which they've probably lifted from a Sailor Moon figure or something somewhere along the lines. Um, yeah, other than that, pretty straightforward. Um, oh, above her panties. Oh, that's even weirder. Her it panties really, are actually... really is. Yeah. yeah, her panties are sculpted, um, but they don't firmly attached to anything, so they just kind of float on the top of her legs um, and below her waist. But because her skirt is um, covering most of that that whole situation there, you can't really see that properly. Um, but she does have a flesh-coloured torso below the skirt. So there's kind of points for accuracy for deviants. Um, <laughs> there you go. The skirt itself um, is kind of a soft rubber, so it does move around and bend a bit, and it's got a split on each side of it, so it's um, a front portion and a back portion. You can't really see the split from the front. You can see it from the sides, but it allows some of that um, flexibility for doing kicks and things like the Elaine Benner stance, um, which it's, a Kane can do. Yeah, that's Adam's litmus test for all action figures. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The uh, Elaine <laughs> Benner stance is important. Um, so there's... There's a good base there to work with. In terms of enhancing that base with, um, or base, sorry, not base, um, with accessories and faces and things. So there is a figure stand. All of the Roma figures have come with figure stands. This has um, Akane's name on it, uh, a silhouette of her on it, um, as well as some nice kind of squarish uh, border art around the stand. I'm not really keen on these named stands. Um, they kind of started the first time we saw them, I think, was well, that I saw them was the Sailor Moon figures. Um, I'm not overly keen, mainly because it kind of ties it to that figure, and if you're putting it in a display and the, the name is visible, it's kind of a bit icky. So this is similar to, I know you guys have similar issues with your, your um, premium format statues and things like that, and it just feels unnecessary. Mm. That said, I always complain about not getting a stand with um, figure arts. That's Dragon. true, yes. So yeah. maybe it is a beggar's can't be choosers and <laughs> So other accessories. She comes with a small, non-articulated Pichan. Now, Pichan, this is spoilers for people that haven't watched the show and would like to, so if you stop listening for about a minute. Pichan is um, one of the other Ranma gang Ryoga, who is, I think, the next release um, in the series, um, he transforms into a small black pig, um, which Akane adopts as her pet pig, Pichan. Uh, she often wonders why he goes missing and when he and why he comes back, so she's not really clued in, whether deliberately or um, or just she's really that dense. It's unclear. Um, so he sits there. He's in a kind of a, a squat position, staring upwards with big googly eyes. And he's got his um, little yellow and black bandana on around his neck. Uh, she has her school bag slash briefcase. So that's a nice brown bit of plastic with some nice silver painting on it and a 
painting on that is done very well. I hope I'd be able to do that good a job. Uh, she comes with a mallet for smashing people on the head. So the mallet is a, a standard Ranma gag. Um, it's most associated with Akane, I think, more because of the, um, the anime series where she is the one that uses it most, but generally for smashing Ranma on the head for being an arsehole um, or jerk or generally insensitive. So that's a good useful addition to have. <laughs> she has five faces total. So she comes with kind of a, the, the default calm smile face. She has um, open mouth smile looking to the left. She has open mouth smile, eyes closed. She has um, angry face with eyes open and mouth open. And she has angry face with sweat drop, um, eyes closed and mouth wide open. So those With are what different. sweat drop. Yep. So okay. this is a, an anime thing where um, and manga where people that are extremely angry or extremely embarrassed will have big sweat drops drawn on their face. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. So she has that going on. <laughs> um, the faces by themselves are actually really kind of scary because she's definitely got a five head going on, and um, she's got the, the little sideburns. Um, Sculpted on the side of the on the face, so it just looks really weird when it's just the face by itself. Scary. Um, in terms of hands, she has a wide variety of hands. She starts off with kind of uh, neutrally hands open, fingers splayed kind of hands. She has the, um, the obligatory punchy hands. She has mallet holding hands. She has kind of almost kung fu grip hands that are hands getting ready for, for carrying things. Um, and she has the devil horn hands that um, all characters in Rainbow One Half make when they get um, sent flying over distances of some several hundred meters. Oh air. dear! So yeah. this could be a problem for them because you know Gene Simmons is Gene Simmons, yeah. yeah is trying to trademark the devil horn hands. Yeah, I think it wouldn't be a big deal for this because it's an accurate portrayal of things that happen in. The manga and the anime going back Ooh, to the. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know. Yeah, Gene Simmons could come and root us all over and, and suddenly we won't have those hands anymore. Yeah. Each. That would be a real pain, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's like he's just not even thinking about the consequences of his actions. Oh, I, yeah, I'm with you. I definitely am feeling that. <sighs> yeah. Wow, this has taken a sad turn suddenly. It really has. It's, that's a real mm. Debbie Downer situation. I'm yeah, sorry. It's okay. Um, so getting back on topic. So what? There's, Why? There's, uh, novelty factor? Okay. okay. We've never done it before. <laughs> That's right. Still breaking ground, 278 episodes in. Correct. So, yeah, the, the articulation of the sculpt are pretty decent for, for this being, I think, a fairly unique character sculpt. Um there's a little bit of shading on some of the paint. Um, there's a little bit of um, – it's not so much slop as it is that the paint hasn't been applied heavily enough, so where it's been um, white paint applied on top of blue plastic um, and a couple of cases on Pichun where pink paint has been applied on top of black plastic so that it, it doesn't blend in properly or doesn't apply a, an even colouring across the, uh, the whole surface it's put on. Um, huh. I'm not overly concerned about it. I think it's it's annoying, but it's not really noticeable once you get up close. So those are the kinds that we can live with typically. Um, yeah, I think generally it's turned out pretty well. Um, I think it's a, a good figure. It'll go well in the display. Um, and I think 
as I'm rating it, probably earns about a, I reckon about a 9 out of 10, given the level of accessories. Oh, and fun factor. And fun factor. So I think there's a lot to do there and a lot to, to experiment with in posing. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Well done. So where, where, how many more characters in this particular uh, line need to be done before the set is complete? Uh, so Ryoga is already um, on pre-order. I think Genma in Pender form has – we've seen him. I don't know if it's up, he's up for pre-order yet. I can't remember. Um, okay. Other than that, it really depends on how far through the series they intend to go in terms of characters because new characters are still getting created right up until, like, the last arc of the story. Um, so there's probably, you know, you oh could put in – That's, that's uh, one of my um, reviews falling apart. Sorry. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll have, like, a, a reassembly panel discussion. <laughs> Um, so there's still, you know, um, I'm trying to think. There's still Moose. There's still Kasumi in Nabiki. There's still Genma in human form. There's still Soon. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of characters just going for like another few years at the rate they're releasing. Oh, well, very good. Hmm. Very good. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Adam. Uh, it's always good to... Uh, I, I do enjoy, well, A, making fun of the names of these things. Um and uh, how hard they are to say, and B, I do enjoy learning about um, things to which I'm unfamiliar. So thank you very much. And we will take a short break and come back and talk about more pronounceable toys. Welcome back with our second and third toys of the week is Scotty. So over to you, Mr. Scott. Thanks very much. If you have ever thought, you know, I'd like to collect statues, but they seem a bit expensive. Um, they take up, you know, a bit of space. Uh, well, you're right. Um, but if you uh, don't have the budget for that, but you kind of like the look of it, um, Diamond Select has been doing some really fun things with their gallery line, um, which is uh, PVC statues and dioramas that have uh, the kind of same effect and scale of your smaller statues, um, but without the price tag. Uh, they, If we go back a little bit in terms of what they've done in this space, they have had a line um, called Femme Fatales, which was female characters from different properties, all in this sort of you know, nine inchish you know, size um, and uh, PVC construction. Uh, but they've now branched out into what they're calling their gallery series. And there is a Marvel line of it, and there is also a DC line of it. And I am going to be reviewing one of the latest releases from each tonight. Um, so I have previously reviewed one of these on the show, which was the Marvel PVC jewel statue. So the Jessica Jones as superhero um, statue and Captain Marvel uh, is one of the latest pieces that has come out in the um, uh, Marvel gallery side. And this is a nine inch 
um, PVC statue um, that is sculpted by Alejandro Pereira, who I believe has been doing um, a number of these uh, pieces. Um, I haven't been collecting the Marvel gallery pieces completely by any means. Um, the reason that I did get into these was that they do actually scale reasonably well with the Kotobukiya Bishojo st- uh, pieces, which I really love. And so on the Marvel side, I've just got a couple of them for characters that haven't been done as Bishojo statues yet, kind of placeholding, and they fit quite well. Um, I'm actually really surprised that Kotobukiya hasn't done a um, Carol Danvers Captain Marvel piece yet because she's you know, everywhere, so I'm sure that's coming. Um, but you know, this is um, quite fun, and like I said, these are you know really quite cost friendly. Um, they have a recommended price of around forty five to fifty US, and if you do your shopping well in Australia, you can get these for you know around the seventy um, sixty five dollar mark. Um, you can also pay a lot more for them if you. Um, don't do some hunting, so do it's worthwhile doing so. Um, so this comes in a uh, four-color window box. So you can see the piece inside. It has got uh, the uh, a little bit of artwork and a photo of the piece on the back and some credits. And then when you open it up, it has the, I call it the reverse clam- clamshell um, structure, uh, where you pull it apart and your little pieces inside, and it all is in one piece, both the um, picture, the picture, hello, both the the figure and the base. Um, and Carol, this is Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Um, one thing that I found with all of the Captain Marvel. Uh, merch of which there has been a lot is that the because they've done a lot of different interpretations of this new costume um, that you know it's they all kind of your mileage will vary slightly depending on uh, either how they're interpreting it or where it was in the comics when they got it but this is kind of as generic as it comes with the the you know red and blue and gold um, with the Marvel insignia um, on the chest, um, and this is sculpted out of plastic, so PVC. Um, the, it is actually two pieces. The statue um, is has got a little post in the right foot, um, which sits in the base, but it can be pulled out. But it can't stand on its own. Um, but it can actually turn on the base, and so depending on how you want to pose it angle-wise, you can actually uh, twist it around, which at first I didn't realize, and I was kind of thinking, oh, it's facing down a bit more than I would have liked, and we know that I don't like that in statues, um, if I can't kind of see the face. Um, But you can actually twist it around so that she's a little bit more um, upward-facing. Um, the one thing, the, the sculpt of this is really tight, um, you know, really nicely, um, put together some nice drapery with her sash and also the insignia is actually a separate piece that's been sculpted and put on. So it's got a bit of a raised element, um, to it. Uh, the paint is, um, perfect. Um, the one thing which I have noticed a little bit, on a few of these uh, Diamond Select pieces, because they're as well as the gallery stuff, which is this lower price range, they are doing a, a statue line as well 
that is probably kind of, you know, fitting in a bit where Bowen Designs has left scale-wise. Um, but the the face sculpts of of these I'm not finding to be uh, fantastic. Well, I should say maybe it's face paint because um, a few different pieces that we've seen um, have had scary eyes. Um, this has definitely got the crazy eyes. Oh, uh, this has got Betty Davis eyes for sure. She's just it's. Uh, I, I'm not. It, it actually, hmm. when you look at it straight on, which you have to kind of you know bend around to do. Uh, depending on the angle, it's actually not as bad as it is um, when you're looking at it at when it's kind of standing flat because she is looking down a bit. And some of it is that the eyeliner is really heavy, and so that accentuates that kind of bug-eyed look. Um, but yeah, I, I I've noticed this in um, there's a and I don't actually know the name of the line, but the, in the statue line that they are doing, what's give me a moment and I will work this out. Um, there's a Spider Gwen um, statue that comes with a um, masked and unmasked version um, in in their statue line, and that has got the same like super scary eyes. Oh, Premier Collection. So that the yeah the the statues are the is called Premier Collection, and that it's got the same deal where this sculpture is really beautiful, um, but I don't know if they're being painted in the same place. But they need a lesson in how to paint eyes so that they do not look like scary, scary. Um, so it does take a little bit away um, from it. The jewel wasn't bad like that. The jewel did not have the same scary eyes, but it was a you know pretty. You know, it, it, it's a lower budget thing, so I guess that can explain a bit of it. Um, but that would be my only criticism of this. I love her hair is, you know, sculpted with a lot of detail um, and uh, all the little buttons um, on her um, boots and gloves are all sculpted on really nicely. Um, the base is actually quite fun. It's just like a little starburst thing and you can move her around on it. And she does sit in really nicely um, with the um Bishojo pieces pieces scale wise. Obviously the kind of you know head sculpt the styling of it is different because it, the Bishojo is a particular style. Um she does fit in. Uh, but I the, the scary eyes are pretty scary. I would probably go seven out of ten dollars for this, you know, overall because I do think that is a pretty significant drawback. Mm-hmm. Um and then on the other side of the tracks, but still with Diamond Sledge, um, one fun thing that they have been doing is a gallery series for Justice League Unlimited, um, which right now is only the female characters. I'm not sure, you know, what they're, they they've done a boost him Batman as well from Batman animated that you could fit into this. And this is actually the third one of these I bought. I haven't reviewed the other two on the show, but um, I have previously purchased Hot Girl and Wonder Woman. Um, I've had major issues with Hot Girl, which actually I think I've just resolved <laughs> as we're preparing for this because um, I've just found her actually difficult to balance and stand up. And when I got these pieces out just to um, sit with Black Canary and kind of have a look at what they look like, I think I resolved the issue of it was just, I guess, the way that I had kind of put her together that meant that she wasn't balancing properly, and now she's balancing beautifully. So, hooray. Um, 
the the Hulk Girl and Wonder Woman were fun, but I didn't feel like either of them really nailed it. They didn't have uh, the the that full Bruce Tim look. The Wonder Woman's eyes. Uh, just in, again in the way that they've been painted, and these are all made by a company called Varner Studios, did not really nail the Bruce Tim look for me. Um, and I'd kind of thought, oh, I don't know if I'm going to keep going with this, but I am a big Black Canary fan, and I saw this Black Canary um, PVC diorama in uh, All Star Comics and uh, for a really reasonable price as well, and thought, oh, that's going to be really hard to pass up. Um, I actually was buying a truckload of stuff, uh, like statues and things that I had pre-ordered on the day that I saw this, and so I thought, I'm not going to buy that today, but if it's still there on Free Comic Book Day, I probably will have to walk out with it. And on Free Comic Book Day, not only did I meet Eddie finally at All Star Comics, but I got Black Canary. Um and actually, after I bought it, I was walking around and someone came up and they were like, damn it, I was going to buy that today. And I was like, <laughs> too late, buddy. <laughs> you can wrestle me for it. But no. Um, no. <laughs> no, he was nice. We had a nice conversation. Um, so this, as I said, sculpted by Varner Studios. Um, it's actually really interesting just when I got this because – if one of the things that I did think about the other two, the Wonder Woman and the Hot Girl, is that um, their bases are really light, they're hollow inside, and so it does make them – I mean, they are sturdy, but they're not super sturdy, Hot Girl in particular, because she's got wings and stuff happening. There's just a little bit of a balance issue there. Whereas um, uh, Black Canary is sculpted in what – you know, in uh, some sectors would be called a wide stance. Um, and it, she's kind of doing the canary cry thing and she's like on a street and um, the little streetscape diorama bit is actually quite solid. So she's not going anywhere, very um, sturdy. It is a great action pose. Um, and it really actually does, when you put it together with the other two pieces, it actually really puts them to shame, particularly the hot girl who is actually a little bit oversized compared to the other two, and the detail isn't quite uh, as tight um, as it is with this one, but they may have had less uh, budget for that level of detail because they had to do wings and, and stuff. Um, the black canary head sculpt is amazing. Um, the, the, obviously, the action pose is um, fantastic. Um, there is a, a, a little bit of a, I have a quibble. And if you go to our Facebook page, I've got photo albums of these up. And when you do the kind of look at the turnarounds of black canary, um, in the side in the back. Um, so she's kind of, you know, standing, uh, really standing her ground. Um, and she's obviously doing the canary cry, the street is buckling up in front of her. But then when you look at the back, both her hair and her jacket are blowing out behind her. And I just, you know, I know why bring logic and facts into, um, you know, something that otherwise is super fun, but the aerodynamically, <laughs> I'm not, not quite sure how. She won't have <laughs> you're the scientist, right? You you um you explain this. You're a scientist. Pardon? 
computer scientist. Well, yeah, yeah, well you're more of a scientist. Do it in real world science. Yeah, so I just I found that peculiar, particularly because then the jacket's falling up the back, so you can see her bare back, and I kind of felt like is that really necessary? But um, and I don't actually think that jackets really work like that. Like <laughs> so. A bit of license there, but it looks fantastic from the front. Um, you know, super fun. No movable bits here. She's permanently fixed to the base, um, you know, which is fine. But if you are a Black Canary fan um, or a Justice League Unlimited fan, uh, this is a real winner. It actually does put the other two pieces to shame a bit. Um, just, uh, you know, both Hot Girl and, and Wonder Woman, I think, have got some pretty significant flaws in terms of really perfectly representing the Bruce Tim looks for them. Um, but Black Canary is amazing, and she is a definite 10 out of 10 um, for me. Uh, and Varner Studios, interestingly, because I had not heard of them before, but when I did my research, as all good toy journalists do, um, I found that they've actually been around for quite some time and um, have done a lot of work for uh, different properties, both um, you know, Marvel, DC, etc. A lot for Diamond. They've done head sculpts for some of the Diamond Star Trek figures and that sort of thing. So... Um, you yeah, know, working quite prolifically. But again, if you, you know, have ever thought, oh, I like statues, I like the look of them, but I don't have the budget, then these, and, and obviously uh, companies like Kotobukiya do some really good stuff with PVC, with the Bushojo lines, etc. but they're not, they, you know, they're not super cheap. Um, these are a really budget-friendly uh, these are really budget-friendly pieces and a way to still amass a bit of a collection without amassing a huge amount of debt. Just before we um, get off the topic too far, with the, um, the Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel, sorry, looking at um, your photos here, it looks like she's got the, kind of the, the cleft line of muscle that goes down through the torso and, and through the belly button. It looks like there's some kind of paint, like goldy, yellowy paint going on there. Is that... Just a, a photographic artifact, or is that actually? Uh, no, she, she does have a, a kind of a silverish line. I don't know if it's meant to uh, represent um, some sort of zip, um, but it is actually a sculpted line that then has been. Uh, in fact, yeah, it has. It's a sculpted line in her uniform. Um, that goes really low, um, that uh, has then been highlighted a little bit with the paint, I think. But it probably shows up more in a photo than it does in person. Okay. Yeah, but it is actually sculpted. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's the end of my review, and I believe that is the um, end of the show because the only feedback that we had this week was uh, – complaining stuff that I'm not going to give airtime to, so <laughs> but we love yous all okay, so we're saying goodbye bye bye everybody love ya take it sleazy <laughs> Good night, nerds the Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. 
We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Well done. Yay. Oh, and the best part was that you had to say your own toy name. I know. Woo! I nailed it. You did. <laughs>